From Hagerstown, Maryland, the Associated Builders and Contractors of Cumberland Valley bring you their weekly podcast. This week, we are talking to safety professionals from our members within ABC about how they're dealing with some of the new regulations for the COVID-19 outbreak. So let's join in on the conversation. So uh, first thing we'll talk about, Pennsylvania. Um, We saw come Friday, uh, well, actually Thursday, I guess the regulation came out. Friday, the governor had a press conference uh, at 2 p.m., and uh, there was a lot of speculation that the governor was going to release some of the restrictions uh, that have been placed on uh, basically all businesses in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Rather, he asked that we uh, continue to hold the course, um, as well as the Secretary of Health in Pennsylvania has put out new standards that effective 8 p.m. yesterday, all essential businesses must mask their employees, as well as anybody visiting those businesses needs to be masked. Those masks do not need to be um, surgical grade masks, they can just be made out of, uh, uh, made out of old t-shirts or, or what have you. Um, so first of all, uh, you know, one, are you guys having trouble finding masks? Um, the, the, uh, homemade style, are you making your own? Are you buying them? Are there any good sources that you know of for buying them? Stuff through, they are making, um a mask now the biggest thing now is they're having problems getting elastic so what they've done is made them a little longer to come up by your ears and put a few slits in them so they're kind of adjustable Um, but they do come up over your nose Uh, they also and uh, i forget they've got a few different kinds but i mean they're very um affordable i think they're like two bucks a piece um they're washable um, the biggest thing that we've found, and it's this way with any mask is, you know, now everybody's safety glasses fog up. So, um, you know, we bought some more anti-fog spray and, um, things like that. They also have neck gaiters, um, which are that real thin material that, uh, like deep sea fishermen wear all, you can wear them like 10 different ways. Um, Deep sea fishermen wear them to keep the sun off, you know, their neck and their ears. And, um, but, you know, it's something you can pull up over your nose and, and mouth as well. And I think those are for a plain white, they're $5. Now we ordered them um, with a custom color and logoed and we're given two to every employee. So there's, there's a little bit of additional fee, but still it's only like seven bucks. Uh, so it's very, you know, cost effective. Uh, but that was something, you know, quick and easy that, that we did right off the bat. Okay. Um, and for anybody that that's BJ's custom creations and their local business in Hagerstown. Correct. Anybody else, uh, sources or, uh, you know, insurance companies that are giving these out for free or anything like that? <laughs> 
I, I think the resources are pretty slim. <laughs> um, tough to come by. I mean, there's so many people making them. I also saw uh, somebody that had posted about BJ's um, that, that was making them. And, and I had actually in the past had gotten some of their, their neck gaiters and different things, not for this purpose. This was years ago. Um, so it seems like a, a perfect fit, but I was wearing one of those same ones over the weekend. Um, it's very tight fitting, elastic -y, can fit right up over top of your nose. And um, when you're not, when you don't need it, you pull it down and it protects you against the sun, I guess, uh, covering your neck. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've seen those two. They're very nice, comfortable too. And they're, you can breathe through them. So it's not as restricting as, you know, some of the masks have been for folks to have to wear them for extended periods of time. IP, um, it is the neck gaiters. And, and like Jason said, you can, you know, wear them 10 different ways. Um, so I know, I don't know the cost of them, but I know that's where we are, are getting ours through is, is through PIP. Um, on a personal note, I bought some that were like what Jason was saying with the slits um, to where you could, you know, put your ears through them and that through a company called Nine Line. Um, and we got like 10 of those for, I think like 12 bucks. Um, and it was pretty cheap. So that's, that's uh, like I say, through the company, we're using PIP. And personally, I bought some through Nine Line. Something else um, with, with Mask and, and Josh, I don't know if this would be something that maybe you've already done or maybe you want to send something out to your uh, clients. But one thing I'm seeing now is a lot of KN95 masks. Um, and, you know, if, you, if you're not in our world every day, you know, you see the N95 and you think, oh, that's what I need. Um, they're not NIOSH approved um, and they come directly from China. Um, you know, the, the safety side of me originally said absolutely not because I don't want to create a false sense of security with my guys. Um, but I did end up ordering a couple hundred of them just as um, a, a spit protector, more or less. And I want to make sure that our, you know, I just keep hammering to our guys. You know, if you're saw cutting concrete, this is not the mask that you want to use. But for the everyday, you know, exposure from interacting with people, this would be fine. But just be mindful of, um, I've seen some companies really promoting that. And it's scary because I think they're, you know, trying to use that KN95 as an N95. Um, and it's, that's not the case. Good point. And I think um, making myself a note here, you know, something valuable to put out to all members, we need to, we need to continue to be vigilant on training um, as to what the purposes of these dust masks are, because I just, as you were going through that, I'm picturing, you know, folks wearing just a cloth t-shirt uh, dust mask that they made at home and trying to cut concrete and, you know, or to, to you know, uh, do things that they should not be doing or trying to paint a car wearing, a, you know, a, a respirator, or excuse me, not a respirator, but a dust mask, a, a spit shield that they have, they have gotten. This is another question that has come up. If you have an employee that no, you know did not pass their fit test from some sort of respiratory issue, so they couldn't pass the pulmonary portion of the fit test, 
can we put them in any type of dust mask at work or a fabric mask? And I don't know what that answer is. Um, I've actually sent a few emails since the other day looking uh, for more information on that. But the general rule of thumb is maybe not. Um, and from a personal standpoint, if we knowingly have somebody that can't pass the fit test because they can't pass the pulmonary portion of that, um, we probably shouldn't have them out in the job anyways because they are a higher risk person. Um, we should probably just be sending them home, uh, you know, however, you know, that needs to happen, whether they're, they are, would be furloughed or be laid off. Um, so on and so forth. But we also want to be careful that we don't turn a bad situation into a really bad situation uh, by giving somebody, and especially for those companies that are giving their employees N95 masks, which have a fairly good fit. And we give somebody that mask and they put that on and then they start having a, you know breathing issues or that taxes their heart and it causes a heart attack or something crazy like that. So even though I don't know what the real answer is, what OSHA would say, um, I think just in general, as I have processed through that question, if you have somebody that failed their fit test in the past and you've had to give them other jobs or you don't put them in a position where they need to wear a respirator, you probably don't want them on the job um, at this point in time until the regulations are released. And I'll throw that question out to you guys and see what your thoughts are as well. I agree. Um, you know, we've had to, you know, look at business a little differently the last month um and you know kind of look at all of our workforce and see if there are known people who are higher risk um some have uh taken you know their sick and safe leave act vacation um through this others you know we've talked to about you know, maybe right now it's a good idea. And if there's something we can give them to do to work at home, we've done that. So it's just being creative, but just trying to minimize that risk. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's there's always the, you're putting someone in an unsafe environment, you know, by forcing an employee where you know there's a pre-existing condition, um, you're kind of assuming liability that really isn't necessary. Um, assuming that, you know, all parties, are aware of that pre-existing condition. Um, but we've, we've gotten a lot of questions, you know, concerning workers' compensation and how, you know, this is affected by that. Um, so where there may be a, a highly, it may be highly unlikely um, for workers' compensation to pay because of a occupational disease relative to this um, for a couple of the factors that it just doesn't meet. Um, putting someone in a condition where you know there is a potential um, could cause, you know, a circumstance that would lead to an accidental injury um, that would, in fact, make it compensable. So, yeah, anytime someone has a condition, it's, you know, certainly tough right now as we navigate through this, but um, restricting their breathing is, you know, kind of a, a liability on your side if you're forcing an employee to wear that. In the essence of time, moving on to, uh, unless anybody has anything else, and please jump in, chime in. Um, moving on to uh, the state of Maryland, obviously, I mean, everything we've just talked about is also uh, happening in Maryland as well. Maryland uh, has the same regulations in place that Pennsylvania does, basically. 
um, which actually is another good point. Um, both states, uh, the regulations state that essential businesses must uh, wear masks and anybody entering those essential businesses. Um, what is an essential business? And there was some question about this. And I, uh, I saw a thread, um, interestingly, you know, we as the construction industry, um, we, uh, we believe that we are an essential business and we believe that we um, are essential to the economy, we're essential to the infrastructure, we're, we're essential uh, throughout the process. So we indeed would be considered to be essential. So construction workers do need to be masked. Um, do you need to wear a mask when you're in your car? Do you need to wear a mask when you're walking down the street? Do you need to wear a mask uh, if you go out for a jog? The answer to all of those questions reading both executive orders would be no, unless you're uh, jogging with a large group of people, which we should not be doing anyways, because we shouldn't be gathering and, and uh, we should be practicing social distancing. Um, so we don't believe, I mean, at this point, I think this is just going to be, you know, at least a couple weeks worth, but I would guess you're looking at a month worth of masking um, as well. Uh, we as employers do need to supply those masks. Um, what happens when the employee, you give every employee two and they show up to work without a mask? Um, or, you know, we, if this continues on for an extended period of time, do we need to buy them two masks every month? And I'm just throwing some of those things out. You may want to start to think about some of those things um, because they're, they could become the reality and kind of making sure that you're prepared for those. Um, so we've developed things that we're doing on the job site every day. Um, you know, that four weeks ago, you know, none of us would have thought about doing any of these things. Um, so at the end of every day, we do certain things, you know, spray down all of the man lifts with a, a, a bleach mixture, spray down all of the tools, gang boxes. Um, we have gotten our own porta pots on site. We spray those down, all the handles, any common areas, uh, if you will, like I said, gang boxes, things like that, we are spraying those down. Now today we also said, well, any equipment that's coming back to the shop um, from that job site will also need to go through me and I'll coordinate with uh, the tool and equipment guys to before it comes into you know our clean house if you will um, you know, we need to clean it sanitize it before it comes in um, because that that email went out early this morning from that that's all you know now snowballing is that's going to happen with every job so anything coming back to the shop will go through that same process that's something I see sticking around forever, um, not just until this is finished. And then, you know, giving, when it comes back here, some additional PPE for the tool and equipment guys as well. Uh, the job sites. Um, one thing I will mention in Pennsylvania, um, in the executive order from the health department, it also states that any job sites that have a positive uh, uh, COVID-19 case then going forward, before anybody is admitted, they must do a temperature check before they can be admitted to the building. And anybody with a temperature of 100.4 or higher must be sent home. Uh, so it's something to consider on job sites that you do 
or have had cases, um, you may want to start to look at the idea of, you know, should we be screening? Part of opening up, reopening the economy is going to be tracking this and knowing when we have an outbreak and being able to, to closely monitor, mitigate the spread um, and contain the outbreak, you know, with wherever it was. Uh, we heard a story this morning about an area that had like 30 employees and 40 other people that were affected, and that's uh, fairly local in Pennsylvania. Um, so start to think about those types of things, um, as well as, you know, think about your contracts going forward, you know, what should be written in there. And, and that's a, and, you know, it's really a job for the attorneys, but it's up for us to come up with what are those real world uh, situations look like, and then go to the attorneys and say, how do we, how do we make this happen? Or how do we get this into our contracts? Um, any other talk or anybody have any other experience with uh, um, job sites that do have workers on them or have uh, had any experience or protocols with washing down their equipment and those types of things? All right. Moving on then. Uh, fit test requirements. Appendix D still in effect. Um, my understanding on this uh, is that if you are putting uh, your employees, even if it is for COVID-19 reasons, if you are putting them in an actual respirator, which an N95 would qualify, uh, they would probably need to be fit tested. If you are giving them cloth mask to wear um, or you know the paper thin uh, dust mask that you buy at Harbor Freight, uh, you would not need to do fit testing. Um, the, the big qualifier will be whether the uh, product that you are giving them is designed to fit tight and have a tight fit to the face. Um, so as the government regulations are telling us, we must have our employees wear these masks. If you as an employer turn around and were to say, hey, we have 200 of these half face respirators and we're just going to give them to our employees and you must wear these when you're on the job, those employees would still need to be fit tested. Well, how do you get them fit tested if the uh, occupational health places aren't open? Um, now, some of you may be doing fit testing on your own, but there are some inherent problems with that. But the real answer is make sure you're giving them non-seal uh, forming, <laughs> non-seal forming respirators to use for the purposes of COVID-19, but as well, do not confuse those for use with uh, things that you should be using, you know, dust and, and other particulates that you should be using a respirator for. Any thoughts or questions on that? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but any thoughts or questions on that? Amos, I did, I, I did reach out to a local occupational um, health place here in Hagerstown, and I mean, they, they're operating business as usual. Um, as far as the employee and the, the company are, are comfortable with, um, they're still scheduling appointments and ensuring they meet the social distancing requirements, having folks in their vehicles until their appointment time and calling them to come in at that time. So there is still opportunity for anyone who doesn't uh, have an apprehension to go into those type of facilities to still continue to get um, those tests done to meet to get our fit test. So just, I'm not sure what Pennsylvania looks like, but that was here in Maryland. Um, 
I would assume something similar in PA, but maybe not. I have the same thing in Frederick, Josh. Um, they're still doing it. Now, I have had an employee that said he doesn't feel comfortable going into the facility. Like I mentioned the other day, I'm just documenting it. And, um, you know, when when all of this calms down, we'll, we'll send him in then. Uh, and, the, and the last thing that, uh, well, not necessarily the last thing, but one of the last things um, that I wanted to cover today, which I, uh, we talked about a little bit the other day as well, uh, was uh, the uh, physical requirements waived for uh, license, uh, physical requirements and license, license renewals waived uh, for CDL folks. Standing is, and I'll let you guys jump in on that part, uh, the physical requirements are waived as well as renewals um, for their license. How are you guys, uh, you know, encountering that and any suggestions or thoughts for what you need to do to make sure you're, to make sure you're covered well? Donnie, you want to chime in on that? I think that affects you more than anybody. Basically, so we're obviously just following the, the guidelines that have been put out. Um, we do track when those things are um, due. And obviously, we send our employees over at that time to get their new medical card um, and make sure that they update their driver's license. So during this time, while we're still tracking it, um, we're, we're documenting the fact that, you know, due to, due to the COVID-19, um, that once it's been completed, they will be going back in, um, to get their physicals and their license, uh, re-upped. Um, as Josh said, there is some places that are still doing it. Also, you know, some of, some license can be renewed. Um, since the waiver of the um, all the licenses were supposed to be the the federal identification, and they 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 pushed that date. So some licenses are being able to be renewed um, via the uh, kiosks and stuff like that. If you don't have to have an eye exam and that type of stuff. So, um, but otherwise, you know, we're just, we're just documenting it. And once this is all taken care of, we'll ensure that those employees within the, the proper time frame get in and get that taken care of. We're kind of doing the exact same thing is just document everything. And then once, once everything opens back up and we can get them in, we'll get them in ASAP. All right. Anybody have anything else to add uh, that we didn't cover or anybody, uh, any burning questions? I don't I, I, as we, we've kind of had other discussions similar to this, and this is a very fluid conversation, which I, I think is great. But, I, you know, as we look back, you know, on this event, um, similar to what we've discussed in the past concerning um, you know, random drug testing and things, you know, relative to marijuana becoming illegal. And, you know, as, as laws change and um, it's, it's so important that, you know, companies are adapting handbooks to define how the company is handling that situation. Um, you know, because in situations like this, when you have an individual who's turned down from a job site, if that's not necessarily your company policy, you, you don't check their temperature in the morning when they show up to work well, are you going to send them home without pay? Um, you know, how does that, how is that going to be handled internally? Um, and, you know, contract review and, and things like that, you know, while it, it hasn't been uh, a concern in the past, 
um, this is totally changing the way that, that, that companies are looking at contracts. Um, so while you may not be working for someone in Maryland, you're working for someone in another state that maybe is getting ready to open up the state again for business, um, here is still not open. So making sure that it doesn't specifically define um, viruses, specifically define even you know coronavirus, as was mentioned last week, um, it, looking at these with a fine tooth comb, I think is gonna be so much more important over the next year, you know, as new contracts are rolled out, making sure we comb through those and make sure that it, we're redlining the items that, you know, are maybe going to be new because of what we're going through right now. Um, but looking at, you know, company policies, you know, how do you handle viruses? How do you, handle, like we're talking about with, with drug enforcement, you know, how are you going to handle that internally when federally that's legal? Um, I know that's not the conversation now, but just to use the same premise, you know, as we deal with this, um, you know, there are still locations that will test employees uh, for their fit test for the medical cards. Um, so when you have that individual that doesn't want to, um, totally understandable. Um, and I guess you know, legally the extensions are there that it would allow them to continue to operate. But from a liability standpoint, how's the, how does the company handle it? Um, because you still have that individual where we know there's an existing condition. Um, they've been extended you know, legally by the state or federally. Um, however, there's still a health condition there that created that, that limitation. So we need to be very conscious of what that is and make sure that we're not putting employees on, on the road or, you know, in addition, putting them on job sites or in conditions that could be potentially hazardous, um, you know, due to that limitation that was put in place. Thanks for joining us today for the podcast from the Associated Builders and Contractors of Cumberland Valley. If you'd like more information about us, please check our website at abccvc.org. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.